So uh, tonight's final guest is as much a lover of books and stories as a master of music. Please welcome back to the stage Polly Sampson and David Gilmore. Welcome to Thank you. the Salon in New York. Very exciting to have you here. Um, we were talking earlier today about the, the album, and I know it's often referred to as a solo album, but of course it's not a solo album because it's done in conjunction with lots of people, including Phil Manzanera, your long-time collaborator. Round of applause for the very lovely, the very lovely Phil. Um, and, and Guy and all those people. Um, but um, your closest collaborator, your muse, your critic... Um, definitely. Is, definitely, is definitely Polly. So how did, how did that relationship come about? How and when did she start to put words in your mouth? <laughs> Feels like forever. <laughs> it started out um, very shortly after we started going out together because uh, I started jamming in our Britannia Rose studio with uh, Rick Wright and Nick Mason. And, uh, we and Guy Pratt. And, well, he, not Guy for the first week. Oh, okay, sorry. We were <laughs> so pedantic. We, 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 we did it without a bass player for the first week. And then um, Guy joined. And anyway, this all was moving towards making um, the uh, Division Bell album. And um, Polly was rather unwell at the time. And, and through the haze of her illness, I managed to persuade her to, what, what, what would you call it, to, to, to help um, guide me towards things. You see how bad I am at getting, these, getting words out when it comes to speaking, and I need someone. I like the way that you look at me to provide the words. Yes. <laughs> so what was, what was that moment like? What was that, what was that moment like? And actually, was it really a moment, or was it just many small moments of going... Maybe you could maybe help me with this. <laughs> you know, was 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 it a moment, or you know, did he ever just ask? Were you asking? Yeah, yeah. No, I had a temperature of 104. I had what's called here Epstein Barr, and is known as in England as glandular fever. And he was really sweetly looking after me. We were quite a new relationship, so it was lovely for him to have someone so sweaty and ill. Um, <laughs> and he'd come back with these beautiful pieces of music, and then say, oh. But you know, I need some words. And I'd be lying there saying, well, I'm just dreaming about ivy growing over the door. He'd go, ooh, ivy growing <laughs> over the door. You know. and, and he'd just jot down these kind of, you know, these terrible feverish things. And then once I'd taken enough paracetamol, I'd look at this stuff and, and go, no, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And start rewriting it. And actually at the beginning he said, it's okay, you know, you don't have to have your name on it. <laughs> I'll pay you. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> but, um, and then when it came to it, you know, I actually I then sort of got better and, and then sort of found my stride and actually found I was enjoying it and it was a lovely thing to do with my lovely boyfriend. And, um, and then when it came, he still promised not to put my name on it because at the time I had this real... At your insistence. What? Uh, your insistence. Yeah, yeah, no, my insistence. I mean, he wanted... I'm sure 
always wanted to put my name on it, but I really didn't. Did and you the always want to put your name on it? You did always want to yeah, put your name on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 The, the reason I didn't was I thought everyone would say, Yoko Ono. Yeah. And actually, I've thought, of, you know, I've thought about that since. And at the time, that seemed like a really horrible thing. And now I think, yeah, you know, brilliant artist. Yes. You know, in her 80s, innovative, still working, still trying out new stuff. Bring it on. Call me Yoko Ono, yeah. please. You know, I would be thrilled. But at the time, it seemed like a really terrible thing. So what was the first song that you, that you wrote for, for him? I think it was What Do You Want From Me? Which, um, Which is bad for a relationship. <laughs> 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 what the fuck do you want from me? We can't, yeah. we can't call it that. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She knew what I wanted. She exactly, of course she did. Yeah. Were you shy about that? I can't imagine <laughs> that you... <laughs> So it was that, mm. and what, yeah. and what, and and was did that establish a pattern that would begin in your relationship? Like, because I'm more interested in, do you come up with some kind of musical framework or some sounds or something that Polly then provides the words for, or do you say, I've got something that I that I want you to, you know, that I want you to make real? Apart from one, um, all of them, all of the songs have come from music first, and. Uh, they become reasonably well developed, and I uh, sing on them la 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 la. And um, how's it go? <laughs> You've got some on your iPhone. I'll, I'll, I'll play some in a minute. And um, and uh, if Polly likes one of them particularly, she will say, "Give me that one on my iPad, and I will walk with it and come up with something." Um, it's and. She has um, an extraordinary ability to hit the nail precisely on the head of something that feels like it's been in that piece of music all along and has been dying to get out, but I've been unable to fathom. So it's something that you can't articulate for yourself, that she's mm. articulating for you, or that she's creating well, that didn't She's exist. creating it. I, yeah. I, I, you know, it's not something that I have... It's not a sudden bolt of lightning that um, I'm... I knew it was going to be that. But, yeah. um, David, so David is incredibly eloquent at expressing himself musically. And I think there's a price to be paid for that. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a bit like, you know, it's a marriage. I stare at him, try to work out what it is he's thinking. And often, if we have a very important conversation, I really think that I should be the one saying, so, you know, what do you think about this? You know, what should we do? And he should just reply... With a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> and that does not happen. So um, he will provide you with these kind of, you know, little kind of doodles, audio doodle scats, um, and you'll listen to them. And what are you listening for when you're listening to them? Well, he'll put several pieces onto my, um, what do you call it, iPhone? Yeah. And I just, you know, we've got, we've got a very grateful dog who gets to walk miles and miles as I listen to this stuff. And, you know, things just rise to the surface. And you, 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 in order to write a lyric, I need to listen to something hundreds and hundreds of times. So I have to love it. Do you not get bored? Do you know what? No. <laughs> very dare you. <laughs> I just really wanted to ask that question. <laughs> so you'll be walking, you'll be listening to yeah. it hundreds and hundreds, yeah. and, then and, it, and, and then, then you stop. One you, you must stop hearing it after, and it becomes something else. Well, just you know, I can only write one song at a time. Same as I can only write one thing at a time. So yes. something will just really sort of hit me in you know, the heart, I guess, 
And so that's the, at, the po at that point I say to him, will you scatter melody over the top? And he gives me a scattered melody. And the thing about the scattered melodies is that when you're writing fiction, you, you know, mm. you're, you're, you, it's, an, it's an act of empathy. I'm not the people I write about, but I do have to get under their skin and, yeah. and, and work it out how they see the world and what they might think and say and do and act. And I think with, a, with David, it's the same thing, that there is this sort of scattered melody, but there is the added advantage that the words just seem to sort of hover under mm. the surface, and it's just sort of pulling them up and, and finding them. Excuse, kind of dusting them off. Yeah. Will you play some of the bits that you've got on your phone of those yeah. befores and afters? Sure. You got it. I will do that. I think do any, in any tongue, because I think that's one of those scattered melodies. Okay, this melodies. is um, in, in yeah. any tongue um, play a bit from of it the first. new album. Hopefully the technology will <laughs> help us. It, in any tongue is the song that, when I went to see the concerts, always makes me cry. Hooray! It's, yeah, it always makes me cry. And for me, it's all about fathers and sons. And I want to talk to you once we've had this conversation about what it's been like to to listen to in any song in any tongue being sung in stadiums, you know, in, in America. I'll play a little bit of it. Um, as it is, with the lyric on it, and then I'll play it with it the was. previous version with the scatting thing on it. Okay. Um, now, hang on a second. Now you'll hear what it is that this is what it, this is what he got. Oh, it just uh, so any of you listening to the first line might think it's about Hagen Das. <laughs> no, I'm afraid that we, we was. We don't want to advertise ice cream. That but, was um, the lyric for that, quite a long that time. Was, that's where it started. You'll, you'll hear that again. It goes, Hagen Das. Anyway, sorry to stop it in the middle of its wonderfulness.
can see it's um it's it does feel a bit like something is in there trying to get out and she is the alchemist it's like you're uh, it's like you're talking in your sleep actually yeah, it's well, almost like you're over you're overhearing something that he can't hear himself well, i spend my life trying to work out what it is he's thinking all yeah <laughs> so it doesn't feel that different from you know just you know any other moment in our lives and um, when do you share the words with him that you've devised or discerned from the blah, 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 Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have to be quite careful not to share them too soon, but there is that sense of excitement because, you know, there is this sort of Stradivarius here <laughs> and I'm longing to hear it. Yes, you are. And so I have to really hold back because sometimes when I've written, there are th these moments where you've written kind of, you know, quite happy with some of it, but you've you've written a kind of fill-in line that you haven't quite got to. So in the case of a song called Today, which is on the new album, there's just one line I hadn't quite got yet, so I just put, you know, this wide sargasso sea is full of shit. <laughs> and, and then I kind of couldn't wait to hear him sing it, so I just took it in with this sort of preliminary line. And then he got really sort of wedded to the... Sargasso sea, sea full of shit. Sargasso sea full of shit. And go, no! It's not what Jean Reese wanted. Yeah, yeah, no, and Jean Reese would not have wanted. Well, that. actually, she'd have loved she it. She would have loved it because she would have been drunk and angry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so do you share? You share it with him when you're finished. Right. And do you, how do you share it? Do you share it on the page or do you sing it? Oh, Damien, as Come if I'd on. sing it. Ever? No. You've <laughs> never, you've never done a little, little bit of singing to him when with no, a new yeah. song. She has sung on a couple of tracks. Yes, she has. Some, some background. It's very good. She's got a very you. lovely voice. <laughs> She sang on a song called Smile years and years ago. Um, she, ref she didn't want to do it. I insisted and pushed her. And in the end, we had to put her in the studio. I had to set the tape rolling early. She had to be pretty drunk. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the prompt. Even that word I couldn't get out faster. Anyway, so she had to be pissed. That's not... Pissed in America, that's pissed for drunken. With headphones on in the studio, and I had to leave the room, shut the door, and leave it, leave it running, and come back five minutes later. Hoping that you got it, mm. and you did. I mean, there's a reason I'm a writer, and I spend my life in a room on my own. <laughs> and have you ever rejected a lyric? Or uh, there was a lyric for a song which on this album it has become The Girl in the Yellow Dress, which Polly wrote something about years ago that I didn't quite feel fitted. Um, she's convinced it's because she wrote it about some sax player she had a crush on earlier. But, um, but I didn't, I didn't think it quite fitted. <laughs> but generally speaking, it's, um, it's magical that it is so absolutely right. There are songs, you know, The Blue from on an island album, it just magically, you know, the, the, 
this song about the sea and about going back to the sea when we're all done with this yeah. wonderful life just seems so absolutely perfect. And so it's almost always perfection to me. Bask, bask, bask. I am basking. And what, um, what, what is it, has it been like being in America and singing the song about the war and these great big stadiums and incredible historic venues that you've been doing? Because, I mean, I heard it in South America mm. and that's a, diff that's a different audience. What, has, it, has it felt more, more conscious, more controversial? Um, I don't think there's been any anti-feeling towards it whatsoever. Mm. Um, and uh, we, we, the set that we play is a lot of new songs, new solo, new solo songs, um, old solo songs, old Pink Floyd songs. And it's all mixed quite carefully together yeah. into a, not exactly a narrative, but something like that. Um, and in any tongue, really, that one we just played a minute ago, does stand out as being something that completely fits in. And um, a number of people have, that um, are on the edges of it, the promoter guy um, has said that's his favorite song. And, 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 and people have mentioned it to me several times, saying it's absolutely one of the great ones. And, um, that, and what it's about is, is key to it. Um, There's no blame attached to it. I mean, it, it no. could be a soldier from any war. Well, you don't yeah. name the country. No. It's not like and, America and I mean that, is bad. No, no. But she mentions from both sides of the divide, in, yeah. in whichever war it may happen to be. I just, I, I mean, it's, I'd say the song always makes me cry. For me, it's always about fathers and sons. I view it through my own personal um, lens. But let's talk a wee bit about Rattle That Lock, because mm. that is a song which has Paradise Lost, obviously being a huge part of it, um, and in the, particularly in, in the, the amazing video. Um, but also, <laughs> is, a, is it just a big protest song, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you wrote the words, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Help you, me you out You wrote the here. music. You sing it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that... that um, I mean, it, it, it's, I knew that I wanted to write a song about protest, and I knew that I wanted to... You know that, that there may not you may not change anything by protesting, but you're sure as hell are not going to change anything by allowing yourself to become ap you know apathetic. And you might just feel better if you just go out and shake your fist. Yeah. And um, so I wanted to kind of express that that although protest has been I mean certainly in the UK it's been kind of closed down, it's still worth making your feelings known, and if only for your personal exactly. sanity. And um, and so I knew that that I'd, once I'd heard this incredibly sort of you know dancey track, I kind of thought that's the best vehicle for it. But then I couldn't quite work out how to write it, and I was sort of miles away from home with our grateful dog, and um, thinking about it. And I'd just finished the book, and so I was steeped in Paradise Lost. And suddenly I thought, hang on, book two, Lucifer, you know expelled from heaven kind of wanting to go and shake a fist at god and and you know it is an amazing thing and i thought more about it i thought that's my framework and i ran like the wind back home and kind of found the book again and that gave me everything i needed for the lyric and david liked it so hooray 
Yeah, and that one actually happened so fast that I don't even, I never did a scat one on that, I don't no, think. I don't think you did, no. Um, the, the track got recorded one day and we just played the track a few times for a few days and then Polly wrote it and we went straight in, sang it, and it was pretty much done. So I, I can't play you a before and after one of that. But it's, but it's also the energy of what happened to Charlie. It's mm. about imprisonment and freedom and protest and, <laughs> you know, shaking an arm in that sense. And you've got, it's not just you on there, you've got the Liberty, we're in Liberty Hall, you've got the, the choir on there Yeah, the well. Liberty Choir, yes. Tell who, us about who, the choir. Well, the Liberty Choir are, um, um, there's this wonderful woman um, called MJ Paranzino, um, who is American, who lives um, there in London, and she runs a choir in a prison. And she also runs a choir outside the prison. And um, so prisoners sign up to join her choir in prison, and there's a waiting list, um, which only gets, um, you only get moved up that ladder when someone goes out of prison. And when they go out of prison, they can go and join this choir outside. So it immediately gives them a community of people that they can go along to, and, and singing is the, uh, the joining force for them all. And, um, yeah, they've got a, yeah. a community of people who welcome them in and they go and sing these things. And this is not simple stuff. It, they do some very, very complex mm. choral stuff. Anyway, the, um, when we did this track, we wanted... Was it in prison that you recorded it with? No. no. Um, we recorded it with the choir outside. Okay. Which, the, which included the community choir plus prisoners, because that's the sort of point of it, is that, mm. that, that, that you, you can't tell the difference once they join. I mean, it's about rehabilitation. And mm. they sing within the prison, mm -hmm. and its members of the community choir go into the prison. And, and then, so, and so there's the, the reversal, so they're singing in prison, and then and they're then singing they, outside. And then when they come okay. out, they have this other community to join, which, which is uh, a... And the, yeah, as Polly says, you know, the, the community singers go into the prison, so they know these people already. Uh -huh. So when they come out, they not only have this community that they're invited to, but they know a number of the people there already. Mm. Okay. Um, we're going to just take two questions each for Polly and David. So um, I see four hands. Jack, your first question is for whom? It's for Polly. It's for Polly, Polly um, <laughs> obviously when, you, when you're working with this medium as opposed to with a book, you've, you've got this thing where the lyric, um, the, the scan of the lyric with the music is, is then so the two are tied together so you're not completely free. Yeah. Do you find that, you know, uh, obviously there's some syllables maybe in the scat that you might, you might be following syllables or certain vowels. Are, are you doing that? And if you're not doing that, do you find yourself singing? I know you said you're so quite a reluctant singer, but do you sing in order to make sure that it, that it sings? Oh. So the, the question is about, is about, is about scansion and where, yeah. you know, whether or not you're following the sounds that he's making or resisting them um, yeah. and what, the, what your relationship no, is No, I mean, I am constantly... I mean, I'm the mad woman of Brighton who's going along with this he these headphones and this big dog, you know, singing... It, you know, often like Paul McCartney with um, yesterday, you know, scrambled eggs, scrambled eggs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so there's that, but... but um, I, I mean, one of the most pleasurable um, songs I ever wrote was a song called "The Blue" on 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 the on an, on an island, where I followed every vowel sound, and it's lovely to have be given that structure, because as a fiction, you know, you could just write anything. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's actually constricting in a way. I mean, that's that's 
it must be quite liberating to have oh, something to work with. A liberating yeah. constriction. Yeah. A liberating it, constriction. And it really, really is, yeah. Um, and so I like trying to follow the scat as closely as possible. And, and sometimes I write it out. Um, what the da-da-da-da? Yeah, I, I mean, um, in fact, um, um, A Boat Lies Waiting, I, I wrote it, <laughs> I wrote the whole thing out, and I have it somewhere, this I and, and then I try to, 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 to follow those sounds as closely as I can. Shall I play a bit of A Boat Lies that. Waiting? I would love that, that would be great, yes. With, with the original scat on it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Gabriel. <laughs> He's 18. <laughs> no. so close to the surface. There was another hand up. Just that was the man here, and then there's a the man over by the pillar, and then the guy at the front. Question yeah. for Polly. Um, your writing for your novels, to me, is so much different than your lyric writing. But yet, like in your, no in your novel writing, your sentences are almost like, each sentence is almost like a picture. But your lyric writing is also very picturesque. Is that because your love for photography is somehow... It's a question about picturesqueness yeah, well, and I, visuals and your love for photography yeah. in the I, lyrics and the... I, I wish I could answer that. I mean, I know that there are these, you know, these tests to see if you're kinetic or if you're visual or if you're... You're going to talk about the special eye test, aren't you? No. Oh, you aren't? No, I'm okay, not. Okay, okay. <laughs> but I guess She's visually I, gifted. I am visually different. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there. Okay, fine. We won't go there. Um, but 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 when you're when you're writing a lyric and when you're writing a sentence, they are different. It seems to me like you're hearing something when you're writing a lyric and you're seeing something when you're writing a sentence in a novel. Is that true? Um, is it a is it that sensory and different? Is it that obvious or not? It doesn't feel very different. I mean, okay. the, the the great thing is, is it is prompted by this amazing music. Yeah. And when I'm just writing, fic you know, it's just all coming from me. Like, oh, oh, you know. So it's lovely to have collaborate. You know, it's lovely to collaborate. Mm. Actually, it's a relief for it not to just be you drawn out from one's own mad centre. The question from the man at the pillar: Is that the man who worked for NASA? <laughs> he was very. Oh, okay, that's you at the back. Okay, by the pillar. You, yes, you. Uh, this is for David. Uh, I have a little daughter. She has five years. Uh, at the moment, 
she was into her mother, her mother put the phones, and she likes a lot on a nice one. <laughs> She's still dance with me in the night, and my 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 wife asks me sometimes if you are conscious of the beauty that you are making in people's life with your music. Uh, yes, I, I, that's the ambition, is to create things of beauty which affect people emotionally. If, if it works, I'm very happy. I'm thrilled. Hi, David. My question is for David. And uh, as a musician, uh, I would like to know what is your writing process? Do you usually write the music first and then start working on the words? Pretty well always, yes. Um, very once... There was one song, a song called Sorrow. So the question was about music and lyrics and where you start and where, where they finish. I wrote five verses of, of sort of lyric for a song called Sorrow. I mean, I wrote the music afterwards, but I can't think of another one where that has ever happened. Well, you, so you wrote the words first and then, yeah. and then it was the music. Yeah. And was it hard for you or was it easy for you? That particular but, but thing. On, on that particular occasion... Yeah. They just went bang. They were inspired um, Steinbeck. by Steinbeck, weren't they? Um, by Great the Grapes of Wrath. Of Wrath yeah. By a, a couplet that someone else had used as a chapter heading in a book. And I can't remember who, what the book was or who it was by, but I know that the couplet that was by Steinbeck. And, um, but, and you know, it just, that just all fell out very, very easily. And then I plagiarised it. Because it's, it's in there as well. You stole a line from him. I did. That was a first. It was very pleasurable. Um, it, that's not common. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we really could go on forever. And I know that we're going to be signing lots of books and having lots of conversations in this evening will be podcast. But I want you to join me in thanking all of our authors tonight and thanking Jonathan Lee, Polly Samson, and David Gilmore. Thank all three of them. Jamie Barr. Ben Sister, Christine Fasano at the Ace for hosting us. Thank you all for being here. Thank you all so much.